0: You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. There, isn't it crazy that the PDL, I guess, regular season, or I guess the full season finishes. We transition. We're very, very early in the infancy of the offseason, I guess. Like, we're barely there. Yeah. Just, just the tip. And it's been like absolutely crazy. And I feel like that kind of is a little bit of a peak on what the PDL could really be when there's 12 active owners, right?
1: Yeah. And I, I think a lot of it is the, uh, the new owners breathing life into the dead teams. And then you have finally have some things that can happen with them. Um, like I know when Josh first left, he wanted to like kind of linger around, but now that he's gone, like Michael, he spread his wings and he flied a little bit the last couple days.
0: Yeah, um, we're going to break down all the trades that already have occurred from our last podcast, Was is a bunch, and it actually does, almost all of them involves Michael, so he kind of went on a little bit of a spree, so it's really interesting to see how, um, you know, when you take over an orphan team, what is the ideology, Darren, because you were the very first one to do so in the very first season of the PDL very first year you took over obviously Gabe's team what is the idea do you just kind of go in thinking all right I'm gonna make a list of people I like and don't like and then just (laughs) purge the rest because I know in your case you hated everyone except for essentially Odell um but with that being said uh, can you maybe give a little bit more of an insight because I've never been in a position like this and obviously you provide firsthand experience
1: yeah so for for my for my experience, it was very easy to narrow down the players I wanted to keep because it was Odell and no one else. Um, I took over that team, and I think like a week later, Andrew Luck retired, so I had that happen. Um, then I had Antonio Brown who went. He froze his feet off. <laughs> uh, yeah, he froze his feet off. He forced his way to the Patriots. Then he got cut from the Patriots. So like I had Antonio Brown. I had a lot of things going on, so like, and then you, and then you're
0: like, you know what, Deshaun Watson, come <laughs> on, boy. <board."> Obviously, <laughs> yes. fairness, that was all before <laughs> <didn't> things <laughs> went down. But it's kind of funny that this you took over a team full of contra- Like if if you could think of anything controversial that happened involving fantasy players, Darren pretty much had. It. I'm surprised yeah. he didn't just
1: have Josh Gordon during his whole career as well. Yeah, I, well, if he if he was if we started he year have probably would have. Yeah. Um But, yeah, I basically was like, all right, I want to get rid of every single one of these people off of my team. Um, So, like, my thing was, like, I tried to get, like, young dudes that, like, might turn into something. um, Plus, like, a... Oh, that's your entire
0: roster now, Darren. It is. You did it.
1: (laughs) It is. So, like, the only person that I have left is Odell from the original team. Um, Antonio Brown I finally released before this season because, obviously, he's not coming back at this point. Um... But yeah, it was just like I. I Only tried. took you about four years, but you got there. It did. It it literally took me a, a long time. I, the first off season was probably the most work I spent into all of it. Um, just like you know, trying that's setting to the foundation of your team, right? Yeah, because like I obviously like as, as we both know, like I've had a lot of draft picks over the last couple of years, and like and they you still into, do. Traylon Burks and Garrett Wilson and uh, guys like that, CD Lamb. Um, so it's just, like, things you have to... You have to kind of, like, take the lumps because it's not the greatest process, and I know that um, Michael definitely realizes that because he has the worst team that the PDL has ever seen. Um <laughs> No no draft capital, no assets, society. This from is IU the team, Darren I
0: was waiting for after the Josh episode. I was like, why did you decide to
1: get neutered all of a sudden, sir? I mean, Josh literally constructed the worst roster that has ever graced the PDL. Like we, we saw Jensen, and Jensen, his best player for years was Dallas Goddard. He didn't win a single game for two years, and basically the only player on his team was Dallas Goddard. He had a bunch of scrubs that would be on waivers. But josh did something that was unthinkable because at least jensen had draft picks at least he had that yeah he josh always had has no draft first. picks no players he did nothing because it was just a flip-flopping that led to him having nothing at all like he at this point at this point last year probably it was probably around this time last year he had a team where we both me and you both were like oh yeah he could probably make the playoffs with this team it was and the then, first
0: time i looked at his and i was like you know what <laughs> I see it. Like, in a complete redraft context, (laughs) I love
1: it. He was one of the original owners, and he was here for, what, four years probably? And in four years, that was the first time you could look at his team and you'd be like, I think he could make the playoffs. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. It's also important to say...
0: As you mentioned, Jensen went winless the first mm-hmm. two years, never won a game, win percentage yeah. of zero yeah. percent. And when it was all said and done, uh, Josh ended up with the worst win percentage in yeah. the PDL history yeah, over the last so far. Two
1: years, he is at the bottom of the list because
0: Hollywood obviously started <laughs> to win some games. So the franchise that. M- Uh, I I guess, has been taken over when you say it's the worst that PDL has ever seen. You're actually saying that factually and objectively, even though I know a lot of your subjectivity is also in there.
1: Yeah, um, but I think, you know, I think we could all agree. If we change the name of the Gabe to... The PW Nath something. Like, if we did that, I, I don't think it would be... Because he won the last owner, what, two years in a row? Or the worst maybe, owner?
0: Maybe we can make it like a sponsor. Don't, don't people do that all the time now? <laughs> the game
1: sponsored by Josh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it's like the Rose Bowl presented by <laughs> Tostitos. Yeah. <laughs> like, they. I think they both need to be mentioned somehow. Because the way that we saw that was just... It, it was insane the way that that team was handled over the last few years. It was crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but... Obviously, I know that must have been very cathartic, but I think that's all to say taking over an orphan team definitely adds a different type of context, and you do have to work really hard once you're in there. But I'm hoping that – because when you take over a bad team, it, it really sucks a lot of joy out. From the process, but what I'm trying to do with the PDL, which uh, made me really happy to see Michael talk about saying, "Hey, I've never really felt like I resonated with a league this much, and it's ironic that I have such a bad team." So that makes me feel good. That makes me feel like we're doing our job, making the PDL really interesting. And I think all that has kind of been really magnified with all these kind of trades that have just happened from our last, I mean, podcast episode. Not much time has passed, but with all these trades in mind, I know a lot of them are kind of little building trades, but yeah. a couple of big blockbuster things have happened. And the biggest thing is Kelsey watch, of course. And that's going to be the last trade we talk about because that was so big. But before we get there, Darren, what are some other trades that have occurred?
1: So Michael had a flurry of trades. Um, he made a whole lot of things happen. In just a short period of time. He has a plan. Um, I, I, yeah. And that's, that is probably the most important thing. If you're going to take over an orphan team, you have to, Have a plan and stick to it um, because if you don't stick to it, then you'll end up like Josh. Um, How do you think the
0: old Vatican City team, you know, like when St. Louis Rams moved over and like Mm -hmm. all of them just hated St. Louis now because they hated Mm -hmm. the owner. How do you think Vatican City Cardinals fans feel looking at this new owner taking over like, holy shit, he actually has a vision. There is consistency (laughs) to the moves that he's making. I think we see the big picture. Do you think they're
1: literally just like their mind is blown? And they, they moved them out of the Vatican City so now they can, like, commit sin and have sex and drink and stuff now. So, like, that's that's. So good Michael's benefit. literally their savior. <laughs> yes. They're all so happy to be they there. They see the light now
0: and they're like, oh, my goodness. The huge shadow from the Scranton <laughs> Strangler days, the Vatican City
1: days. And now
0: we're over here. So we see the
1: light. I guess I'll just run through them all all at once because there's so many. Um, so the first one Michael sent... and he got from Greg, Jared Stidham, 2.12, and 4.08. Um, The next one Michael made, he sent a mid-to-late. I said mid-to-late, because we we don't know what a 24-second is yet, Um, but I assume it'll be mid-to-late, and he got from Jeff, Kareem Hunt. Uh, Michael sent another mid-to-late, 2024 pick. This time it was a fourth, and he sent a mid-to-late, 25-third, and he got from Brett, Alexander Madison. Um, So we see there he got two upcoming free agent running backs, so I think there's like some theme there so far. Um, The next one Michael sent 212, the pick that he earlier acquired from Greg, he sent that back to Greg, and he got 310, 312, and 403. Um, The next trade and the last trade Michael made so far, he sent to you, Tommy, Chigakonkwo, and he got some AJP P. Ryan and 306. So what do we think here?
0: No, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a consistent theme. If you at least look at the players that he's acquired, it looks like he's trying to get these free agent running backs that may or may not have an opportunity for a bigger timeshare than they currently have had, uh, for another team. And especially, I think we're talking about this, um, off air, but we were saying how the running back landscape right now, it's kind of barren. It's kind of filled with these like really old grizzly vets A bunch of these other kind of like boring-ish running backs. And then, of course, you have those really exciting tier of running backs. Uh, You have a lot of them, Darren, but I'm also including like Jonathan Taylor, like younger, explosive, fun running backs. But then after that, there's like no one, kind of. And so it's really cool to see Michael kind of maybe already seeing that trend saying, you know what? Maybe I'm just going to grab a bunch because one thing I want to throw over to you, Darren, I think the prices that he got on both Kareem Hunt and Alexander Madison, not too bad in my opinion especially alexander madison because of the opportunity that he might have because i feel like anytime he has had the chance to be the guy to kind of pick up the load for when dalvin cook has been hurt because he you know gets banged up quite frequently he always looked pretty good
1: yeah um i i think i like the alexander madison trade more i don't know if he'll necessarily get a chance to be a starting running back um, but he could definitely be in a situation where he has a bigger role than what he has so far in uh, Minnesota, um, because when he has the opportunities, he has been good. Um, he's young, twenty-four. Um, on the other side of the the coin, he got Cream Hunt, who's turning twenty-eight soon, and we know how the majority of people view age in the PDL. Um, but it's like something like Cream Hunt is awesome. Like he's a very good player. Um, so like if that's just something that you know, Michael wants to look forward to, like, actually having usable players on his roster, he could do that, too, (laughs) because, like, right now, uh, before he did this, he had nothing. Like, he had Brian Robinson, and that was his only running back, I think, Um, so just having just Brian Robinson, it's like, you know, you're gonna cry yourself to sleep at night, so I think, like, now he actually has something, and it's not like he has his first-round pick next year either, so, like, he he can do all this, and then, like, After this year, like maybe he sells um, Cream Hunt for the same second, like later or something like that, um, just so he has something to look forward to this season because it's going to be pretty bleak. Um, He can ask Greg for experience. I'm sure that Greg had a lot of fun this year.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I personally love it because to me, I see an owner that came in trying to play some chess because all these moves kind of opens them up for even more moves. Mm. And to me, it's kind of really cool to almost also have the mindset of, well, sometimes you got to spend money to make money. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of trying to make some investments here with some of these running backs and whether he keeps them or flips them for even more, Um, is definitely in the realm of possibility. And it also looks like he's just trying to acquire a bunch of picks. Like you said, he sent the two twelve, so the last pick in the second round, back over to Greg, but for like a little package of picks. Mm -hmm. So it looks like he's just trying to get as many assets as he can to really give himself an opportunity to draft some good young players to kind of add to this team. Because obviously this team doesn't really have an identity. Because imagine how tight Mike's butthole was puckered. When he saw Aaron Rodgers kind of leaving with Randall Cobb all like hand in hand and stuff. And yeah. it just looked like a face of someone who was really trying to soak in the moment. Of course, it was played up by... you think he
1: retires? No. I, I think. Know, but I do I think... think... Oh, no. Go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. You go first.
0: I, I was just going to say, I think what happened was everyone made a big deal about J-Mo asking for a jersey. What happened was... Uh, Aaron Rodgers said JMO could get his jersey. Like, I think JMO asked like week six when they played, and then Rodgers, was like, oh, no, no, you could have my next one, like my other one. So, this past week, JMO asks again, and he says, no, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. Uh, what I think actually is occurring is Randall Cobb is retiring, and he wants to give Randall Cobb his jersey. And I think there's a very real opportunity that Aaron Rodgers may also not be playing in Lambeau again. But I don't think it's gonna be through a method of retirement. It would have to be I, I he's I think he's gonna play next year, for sure, in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um I think that he will be in the NFL. I think he might be on a different team. Um but Imagine I- him on like the Jets just casually. He could go to the Jets. He could go to New Orleans with uh, Sean Payton if he was to come back there. He could go to— Well, um, he could go to
0: that entire division.
1: <laughs> that's true. He could go to Tennessee. I think he. there was rumors of him being linked to Tennessee last year. Tennessee this year— If Tennessee has Aaron Rodgers this year, they win the division pretty easily, I think. Um, oh, 100%. I mean, so-
0: Tennessee blew it. They, they had such a huge lead, and everyone thought that they had it locked up, and then they went on that huge losing streak. What was it, like six, seven games in a row?
1: Yeah, I think he definitely showed signs of a decline this year. Um, but, I mean, I still think he's got a year, maybe two, before he actually does retire.
0: I think he could still play, and I think he knows that, too. I definitely, like, we've seen a lot of uncharacteristic interceptions because a lot of balls yeah. just kind of float. But at the same time... uh I I don't know. I I just feel a little bit different from the fall off I'm seeing with Aaron Rodgers comparatively to like, what you see Peyton Manning obviously is a huge, not the best example because he literally fell off, but Aaron Rodgers, I feel like he still has everything. He still throws with a lot of zip. I think a lot of it could also be him just literally not really trusting anyone that's out there because he's like, Oh man, do I want this ball to be like tipped? And then that could be picked and blah, blah, blah. Well, I definitely think he's gonna continue and gonna make a big difference but I'm sure when Michael saw what was going on especially with kind of the status of his team he's like oh my god please what's happening right now because yeah. uh, if he did just straight up retire <laughs> unfortunately of course that would really hurt him but once again he's really kind of having this plan and this is just something that's getting me really really excited because mm-hmm. he's just going in a direction and it looks like he's holding sure and he's just getting value and really opening himself up to really do anything he wants to do uh, which which is kind of difficult when you're shackled by inheriting such a rough team, but overall really, really excited. Uh, one quick thing I want to throw over is I'm super hyped to get a Conquo. I did watch him. I have a lot of friends over in Maryland. So when I would go uh, visit, um, I saw a couple of Maryland games and uh, most, the real reason I went and got excited is because obviously Tua's brother is the quarterback for Maryland. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the excuse where I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of want to watch. I bet he's not really good, but I guess it'd be cool to say I saw Tua's brother. And then, A Conquo is literally like what he was at Maryland is what he is in Tennessee. Like he doesn't really get the ball very much, but when he does, you're like, "Damn, is that Debo? Like, who is that? What? What what is happening?" Um, Because when everyone hears that he's a tight end, everyone's like, "Oh, he must be like a six four, six five athlete." No, he's six two, and he's just thick. And he's really explosive. And I remember watching a couple of games. I think it was like number nine. I was like, dude, who is that? Like, I I don't know who that is. Like, oh, yeah, that, he's like that complicated guy. And I was like, I, that doesn't help me at all. And then later when the draft process started up and I started to do some scouting, I went over to Maryland, even though they probably didn't have any players. Um, then a Conco came out to me and I was like, oh, dude, this guy's kind of cool. And so he's been on my radar for a while um, I was obviously, and this is obviously spoiler we are going to talk about Kelsey Watch. I was very heavily involved in my pursuit for uh, Travis Kelsey, um, but then his price got to a point where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to get a Conquo for like a third and P. Ryan. I felt like that was a pretty solid price, even though I kind of did want to hold on to that third, but... Uh what are your thoughts on this very minuscule trade? Because uh, the only reason this is getting airtime is because I'm like, hey, yeah, it's me. So talk about me, please.
1: So the only thing I really wanted to say is, I, I know you touched on it slightly there, but the, this dude is 6'2", like 230-something, and he is considered very undersized to be a tight end. Isn't that kind of insane that he is he is a large human by any respect? <laughs> like, he is he's a big guy. Yeah, he's, like, like, 6'2", like, two forty, two fifty, 250, and, like, he's too small. In in terms of NFL, he is a small man, and that makes no fucking sense. And they are, like, that just shows you how, like, much of a freak of nature that most NFL players are. Because if a 6'2", 235 man is considered undersized, that is insane. That's nuts. It's nuts.
0: Yeah, and honestly, that was a big reason why I was like, oh, he's just going to end up being, like, a Kyle Juszczyk kind of guy. Like, a little juiced up version of Kyle Juszczyk. Like, super um athletic not kind of positionless kind of like an h-back kind of yeah. player of the old days kind of fullbackish, kind of tight end but like you we don't really know what he is but to me the reason i have so much confidence is I, I just straight up see debo samuel when i see chigakonkwo and i know that's super high praise but what i really mean is like he's not super fast but he's, like, really strong, and he's just hard to tackle just due yeah. to his frame. And that's kind of what I see with Debo. Like, low center of gravity is really thick, but he's not obviously the fastest either. But he just breaks tackles, and that's what conquo does. And I feel like because he's also essentially, like, the same size as Derrick Henry, and he also has, like, the same speed metric as Derrick Henry, like 6'2", he ran a 4'5". I was like, well... It just so happened he also got drafted to the team that uses kind of a physical freak. And Vrabel has slowly already seen what a Okonkwo can do. So I've seen some pressers where he's like, yeah, I gotta get him the ball more. But what does that really mean? But to know that he's doing this as a rookie, that's kind of what kind of got the rocks off from me. I was like, oh my god, I have to have him somehow. So it did work out. Sorry we talked about this trade so much because at the end of the day, it's just me trading for a backup tight end because I wasn't good enough. I wasn't good enough like Max. This is where we get the Kelsey watch, Darren. And I want to get your play by play. It doesn't have to be play by play, but I would love to know kind of your thoughts about this entire process because, man, the PDL insiders were on fire, huh? I know you're probably busy too to not be able to keep up with every twist and turn, but uh, they're pretty dialed
1: in. Yeah, I, I got to the point where I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, can like something just happen here? Like, this is getting annoying. Because it it's like real like,
0: life. Doesn't that happen in real life?
1: Yeah, it does sometimes. And I was, but I was like, what the, what? the fuck? Like, is this? And then it got to the point where it was like, oh, you guys are pulling your offers, and I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, this shit's not going to happen now. And I was like, you're, you I think that's what Michael like said too, right? <laughs> it's like, I need a satisfying conclusion to this. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was Michael or Tanny, but one of them. I think like it was that. Tanny. Yeah, but like I, I, I get it. You know, it's it is kind of nerve wracking to trade away Travis Kelsey, um, but the offers seemingly were good i would say um i'm not exactly sure because brett um brett's probably not going to air other people's dirty laundry but um maybe you could tommy
0: (laughs) it's not that i'm airing any dirty laundry (laughs) i was very much in it i was in the thick of things but this this man is the type so we thought that michael by michael i mean servos We thought Servos was the type of dude who would like to weigh all his options. Let me tell you, Brett weighs all of his options Mm -hmm. which is good because this was kind of a franchise altering move and i we actually haven't even said darren can you say what the actual final trade ended up being it was uh, so murphy street empire got him max got him the league is absolutely fucked and i'm not trying to say (laughs) this to put on airs but darren even before the podcast i know sometimes we're like all right let's pick a political angle you do this i do that but before the air i was like dude max is the favorite
1: like i'm in trouble kind of thing And I I think that um, Steve touched on it. So I'm just going to read the trade first so we can... Go, get go, in. yeah, yeah. There's um, a lot to so. talk about here. <laughs> Max sent the 110, Zemir White, Tyler Lockett, and Tyler Conklin, his boy. Um, he got back Travis Kelsey, Khalil Shakir, and a mid to late 24-4th. Um, now, I know Steve kind of touched on it in the chat. Like, he he thought that he would have traded Dalvin Cook before he would have traded Travis Kelsey. Um, I think this was a a good return um, from Brett, I I do, Um, but I think that maybe now, like, I know he said in the chat, like, he's, like, retooling, Um, I think that the hit from Travis Kelsey is a lot, Um, I think he might be underestimating it, Um, I know that you wanted to touch on this too.
0: Yes, so it's not that I don't like the return, because at the end of the day, yes, he got the first-round pick, which I think was kind of the catalyst for this trade. Um, yeah. I know he got Tyler Lockett in it as well, which is really great, and Zemir White, who has the potential to have um, a bigger timeshare and become a contributor. But for me, I think I'm a little bit—this is the first time I've been worried for the Dubrovnik Dragons. Because, let's be honest, you have more likely been his rival and hater, and I have been the defender, right? Yeah, I would agree. 100%. And I'm not saying, oh, wow, is Tommy taking a heel turn against Dubrovnik? Well... I promise you this is not influenced because obviously you we went head-to-head in the championship matchup, so it's not like we're forming any type of rivalry. But I'm truly getting worried because of what kind of transpired after Steve said, hey, maybe you move Dalvin Cook first before you move Travis Kelsey. To me, that made a lot of sense, and... I could also understand why Brett maybe wanted to do this first too because he was getting a lot of hot offers for Travis Kelsey and it just kind of, the timing has to be right, right? You can't just start yeah. selling people and be like yeah, this is top value. It just so happened that Max was really looking forward to a tight end. I was really looking forward to trying to blocking that from happening and Brett was kind of just in a position saying, oh, there's kind of a bidding war. Of course we should let this happen. So I'm not really faulting um, kind of what you're inspired because like we said, the return that Brett got, solid. But what I am getting worried about is the kind of follow up after what he said, saying, well, I'm, I'm just retooling. I'm not tanking because I don't have my own first. So I still want to be competitive. That all makes sense to me. But what I don't want to see is kind of what's worse in fantasy football, Dan, than being mediocre. Not much, right? Cause mm-hmm. when you fully tank, you get at least to reap the rewards of getting these top prospects. But if you're constantly just kind of fringe playoff, kind of making it and you flutter around there I, to me, that's the dead zone. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Yeah. And I, I think like if it's, I guess it's fine if he does this for a year because he doesn't have his first, like he said, but I think he's just, I think he might be underestimating the drop, from Travis Kelsey, because the next best tight end on his current roster right now is, I think, Hunter Henry. Um, now, we looked at this before. Travis Kelsey had a, a little over 300 points this year, right? Um, he's a tight end one, and Hunter Henry was the tight end 22, and he had a little over 100 points. So that is a 200-point drop at the tight end position. Um, I know he has Zach Ertz, but he's in his 30s. He tore his ACL. Like, who knows when he's going to be back? Um, he got Tyler Conklin from Max, but, like, we all know, you know, Tyler Conklin. Um, so, I, I think, like, he he might think he's going to compete, but I think it might be time to consider trading these other old guys for picks as well, is what I would say. And I don't think that that is the wrong thing to do. And I know you can you can have, like, look at me, right? Like, I was trying to lose and I was still winning games because I was getting the uh the younger assets with the picks when I was trying to do my I guess retool rebuild kind of thing. Um but I, I went eight and six I think both years I was trying to lose. Um so like Brett could surprise us again, like he did this year, right? Like Brett went nine and something, nine and five, I think that's what it was. This um, is the worry though, and you game. highlighted it.
0: I think a surprise potential can be there, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have the ace up his sleeve anymore. I really want to magnify this. Travis Kelsey has always been the ace up his sleeve, the joker, whatever you want, the trump card. And the mm-hmm. reason we said that was just this past season, which we all could kind of agree was a little bit of a down year for Kelsey for his standards. Mm-hmm. He was still the 12th highest scoring fantasy player in the league by our points per format. So in the PDL, in his tight end slot, he, he was playing someone that scored more than Christian McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, Tyreek Hill, Devontae <laughs> yes. Adams. He scored more than fucking just two attack of Bailoa overall, Nick Chubb, Stephon Diggs. <laughs> This is who we had at tight end. And so you also said, oh, well, there's a 200-point drop. Yes. But let's contextualize that. Let's say instead he had Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, here are just a handful of players that scored more points than Hunter Henry. Richie James, um, Giants wide receiver for those of you, if you guys don't know. Uh, How about another Giants wide receiver for size? Darius Slayton, Michael Carter. Um, how about we also throw in Hayden Hurst in there? Maybe let's just throw in another tight end that goes head-to-head against um Hunter Henry that he currently has. Rashad White, Khalil Herbert, Zach Ertz, who's just been on IR, Jordan Aikens. These are just a handful of players that scored more than Hunter Henry. Yeah. So going from someone like a Christian McCaffrey to someone who can't outscore Jordan Aikens, that's a huge drop. And so I think the reason that Mr. Prime Time was able to get his moniker was this trump card. So I'm really worried that now the heartbeat, the soul of this team has now been traded. And I know I'm being quite dramatic here. But I think for any chance for Brett to continue this moniker of this upset king has always been on the basis of Essentially starting another super flex flex person in his tight end slot. That's how good Travis. It's like having just a a third quarterback really. And now that's just gone. And he was able to mask some of the flaws. I think we were just talking about. I think now his wide receiver room is uh, Tyler Lockett, Michael Pittman, Hollywood Brown. These three locked in starters for Dubrovnik are fringe flex considerations for a lot of other teams. Uh, on Max's roster, your roster, my roster, uh, Mike's wide receiver, Servos, sorry, Servos's roster. It's just so hard to make up the difference, but he had Kelsey be, to be able to do that. Now he lost the, the ability to mask it, so now his depth is going to be more crucial than ever. So I don't know, dude. I'm a little worried. This has been a long monologue, I know, but... It, it's such a big trade, and now to know that something like that went over to the Murphy Street Empire, I mean, come on, man. Yeah. I know there, are, I know fantasy is luck-based, but that's an A-plus move, and that's a big reason why Max is someone I continually fear. So being able to get someone like Travis Kelsey on this roster, I know that we had a funny meme moment on Podcast History where you're screaming, He's 34! <laughs> but look how good he is, dude! Kind of a down here, and still the 12th scoring overall, including quarterbacks, dude. Come on. That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's got, I, I, I know I said this in the chat too, but I think he has one or two good years left in him, even though he is 34. Um, but and I think that's he's... all Max needs. For what he gave up, in my opinion, he just gave up a depth wide receiver, essentially,
0: a late first round pick, a, a, a running back that would never crack a starting roster on
1: his with Zemir White. Mm-hmm. Not much, really, when you think about it. Yeah, but even still, I still think it was a good return for Brett. But because, you know, Max is over there sitting on a pile of things he can trade away, it worked out for him as well. Um, but I, I think that Brett did a good job. But I think that this can't be the last move he makes. Now that he traded Travis Kelsey, I think he needs to make more of these moves. Like he can't stop now um, because I've like I think the, like
0: the snowball is essentially it's, going it's down started. the metaphorical
1: hill. Yes, that that boulder is going down the hill at this point, and it is you know it's coming after So, what, what's your
0: you. prediction then? Is that like Cook is on the way out because it's kind of been a little bit rumored after what Steve said?
1: Yeah, I, I think he should at the very least you know strongly consider it because he you know I, <laughs> he's not thirty four but he's twenty eight, which is basically thirty four for a running back. Um, I I don't know, like I I I would be. I don't know if Brett realized the drop in tight end when he made the trade. I'm sure he did, um, but I don't know if he thought it was going to be that impactful um, because now he goes from basically having three quarterbacks on his roster that he's able to start to to, two because Travis Kelsey was producing like a quarterback in that tight end spot. Um, He's not going to have that anymore. He's not going to have anything close to that anymore. Um, he was at the advantage in the tight end spot and now he's going to be in the deficit unless he somehow can acquire like, you know, Mark Andrews or something like that, which I don't see happening. <laughs> um, but I think like now that he's traded this older asset away, he needs to continue trading away the older assets and he can continue. He can trade them away and still continue acquiring picks and, um, you know, retooling, getting younger players and everything like that. Um, I think he can still do it for sure, but I think he needs to at least consider it at this point.
0: I completely agree. I know my long monologue was very dramatic, but that was in the case of if he's still trying to compete with, like, after Kelsey, you know what I mean? This Uh monumental shift is a franchise-altering move, so I feel like it it pretty much tells everyone, saying, I am now slowly going to look for that new identity, Uh and being able to hold on to some of these older assets that kind of helped you make this championship push would not make sense after letting go of best of that, like, core. Mm -hmm. So I completely agree. I feel like he can definitely have moves to be able to move some of these older assets to have that ability, maybe get some inspiration from Michael and what he's doing, just trying to get all these assets as well, to slowly try to build a new identity for that team that he took over. So I think this is what's so fun about fantasy football, because, yes, it's super luck based, but essentially isn't really what fantasy football is, is risk mitigation and mind games. That's Mm -hmm. pretty much the name of the game. And so to kind of see all these different strategies at play is what kind of gets me really, really excited. And that's why I feel like I'm so addicted to fantasy football with all of these type of nuances to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out Um, because I think we see a lot of moves happen from Brett. I know that he probably doesn't want to because I know that he definitely is the kind of kind of guy that wants to win games and everything and it's it is more fun when you're winning I can't can't knock you there um but I think he once he really you know gets down to it and he really thinks about it and he's gonna be like all right man I need to probably need to trade some of these other old guys away I got a end of an era for the dubrovnik dragons I think
0: are you having a little bit of smirk? Because if he is on the downswing, you see an opportunity to finally call him your rival. Because he's, kind of, he's kind of owned you a little <laughs> bit, huh? Come on, so let's give Brett a little bit of roses. I know we just trash him, for, but he has been your daddy for
1: a little bit. We'll both be at the bottom of the standings? Is that what you're saying?
0: <laughs> no, I'm saying if he has a chance to go on the downswing, and you are looking, well, I mean, you are you're, you can't really get any worse, right? So, yeah. in that theory, you're kind of on an upswing by default.
1: The only oh, reason I can't get any worse is because the teams that are below me are just worse than me. Like Michael,
0: <laughs> you just can't fathom a Michael, universe right. where you're like, yeah, I just, I know I cannot be worse than Michael's team right now. I know that.
1: Like, there's, there's two, there's a two spot buffer where I can't go below them. <laughs>
0: yeah, you're looking at the Austrian Oaks, and you're like, yeah, that team as well. Yeah, I'm fine. That I, I forgot. I sometimes forget it's a 12 team league because of these two. <laughs> No fault to their own though, really. So with all this being said, Darren, I just want to reignite this rivalry because that that's what I have to do. You know, sometimes sometimes I have to put on a show. With the rumors right now that we on the owner's meeting, the seventh playoff team might be on the chopping block. So we might go back down to six. If that is the case, it obviously gets much harder to get into the playoffs. Is the Dubrovnik Dragons going to be a playoff team without Travis Kelsey in
1: twenty twenty-three? Um I know I, I know I said no last time, but I think I think Brett knows that when he traded away Travis Kelsey, that probably makes it very difficult for him to make the playoffs. I think he's I think he's aware of that. Um I think that's probably part of the reason why it took so long for him to trade Travis Kelsey, because he had to, you know, he had to emotionally let go. Um, so I think that, um, he probably won't, but who the fuck knows, because I thought I would have, and I did not, so maybe he makes it again, who the fuck knows.
0: Yeah, fantasy football is, it's impossible to predict anything, but just for the storylines, you knew I had to ask that question at least, because (laughs) everyone was thinking it, so I'm just trying to, trying to poke the bear sometimes, seeing if I could force things, but overall... This Kelsey trait is monumental, and I feel like this is exactly what we have been waiting
1: for Max
0: to do, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we have. Um, I, I know that he had um, Kyle Pitts and everything, but Kyle Pitts was a pretty massive letdown last year, um, or this past season, um, He could bounce back for sure, but if they're trotting out there, Desmond Ritter again, and they don't really upgrade the quarterback position, um, Kyle Pitts might have another bad year again. They're still going to have Arthur Smith. Arthur Smith I don't think is going anywhere because the Falcons were good enough. Um, So he'll be there another year. So it could be another long year for Kyle Pitts potentially. So he kind of needed somebody um, to kind of bridge that gap between when Kyle Pitts maybe will be good because who knows, Kyle Pitts, he had the best rookie tight end season ever. Um, but at the same time, it could have been a flash in the pan. You know, he could, that could have been it. You know, he, he could, I know he's only still like 23, but we, we don't know how this stuff is going to play out. Right. Like it could be, it could have been one and done. Like we, we really don't know. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So I, it's going to be really interesting because I think this past season, has been the most perfect microcosm on fantasy football. is just crazy. You can't prepare for anything. You don't know what's going to happen. But just to know that Max has this trump card that has just essentially been uh, just a cheat code. He's, he's, he's it's not really playing by the same rules as everyone else. And he has that ability now on already a stacked team. Um, I'm just gonna say, uh, let me toot my horn for just a second here. Uh, I believe this is my second year in a row leading the PDL in points, just in total. I think that yeah. reign has now come to an end with uh, Murphy Street Empire making this pickup. They literally don't need to do a single other move, and I it, it will just force me to be in catch up mode. So it's interesting because Max is almost saying, All right, Delco, um. You kind of fluked your way into a victory this year, and now the ball is in your court because my team was better than your team this past year, and now it got better. So what are you going to do now? So that's kind of how I'm viewing it, and now I'm, I'm definitely shook because uh, it's going to be a huge, huge mountain to try to climb, especially with all the variants. But now to know that I can't comfortably say, yeah, I, um, I can see the argument where my team could be the best team. Uh, now uh, I have to start making a lot of excuses to try to make that claim.
1: Yeah, and I think even, like, I know we just talked about how the 200-point drop for Brett at the tight end position, that's going to be a 200-point gain about for Max because he was trotting out the likes of, um, what's that dude from the Texans? I can't even remember his name because he's so irrelevant. Um, Tyler Conklin. (laughs) Um, That was even meant to be a joke. I just really just couldn't remember. I can't remember his name. Um, Tyler Conklin and then Kyle Pitts, who wasn't, doing anything this year, really. He had, like, one good game the whole entire season. Um, So if he can replace that production with Travis Kelsey, like, his point total is going to be through the roof.
0: Yeah, I I think um, it's just going to be interesting to kind of see how things shake up. But overall, it's... uh, Man, I I can't believe how many moves have already happened. I'm sure by the time we record our next podcast, we might have a handful more. Um but yeah this off season starting out with a bang so I'm really interested to see kind of how things unfold because that's why dynasty is so much fun the off season is where I would say most of the heavy lifting is done right Darren and it's like the mm-hmm. regular season where you just kind of make some start sits and maybe make another trade or two during the trade deadline or something like that but most of the heavy lifting is done whereas redraft it's kind of the opposite where obviously you do you don't even have an off season and then all yeah. the hard work is just during the season playing the waivers and stuff Yeah Yeah I agree so that is kind of the fun part. So it's going to be fun to kind of see how other owners write the story of their offseason because it's going to have huge inclinations to see how their successes and failures kind of turn in 2023. So with all that being said, there it's also wildcard weekend coming out. We finally have the playoff picture in the NFL, and I know you have those in front of you, but this past week of just football... It, it's always a lot of fun because there's no fantasy football on the line. So you're, I'm just watching as like a neutral fan, which is really, really weird. But at the same time, of course, I'm still watching some of the players that I have because I'm like, please just don't get hurt. But yeah. overall, with all the storylines going in, it was kind of like a crazy week of football.
1: Yeah, it was. And I, I mean, last night, the game, the Packers-Lions game, I was watching that and I was like, all right, like the Packers are sh- should win this. It seemed like they were getting a lot of calls and they still lost at the end of the day. And it was like, what the hell, man? And then, you know, like, the, they kept cutting away to the Seattle bars of, like, this fans in the Seattle bars, like, celebrating when the Lions would do something good. It was pretty funny. Um But, yeah, it was crazy. Like, I, I mean...
0: Guarantee half of them were just watching, and they're like, who the hell is this Jamal Williams <laughs> guy? <laughs> <laughs> He's scoring a lot Jamal of touchdowns Williams for this Williams Detroit guy. team. Maybe you should watch this team more.
1: I, I think that, like, I don't know. Like, I think that the playoffs, the, this first round, like, the wild Card weekend, um... It's never really, like, super exciting. Like, the 4-5 seeds, and like, they're usually a good game and stuff. Um, but, like, the 2-7, the 2-7 games now, like, I know that they added that for, like, extra revenue and more money and stuff like that, but they normally suck. Like, the 2-7 games, <laughs> like, this year it's the Bills and the Dolphins, and Tua might not even be playing. So it's going to be, like, Teddy Bridgewater against Josh Allen and the Bills. Like, the Bills are going to destroy the Dolphins in that game. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's not... I, it's great and all that like they there's more games to watch on these weekends but at the same time it's not really like exciting games you know um but I guess we'll like run through in order so like the Saturday games um, we have the very first game is the 49ers who are the 2 seed playing the Seahawks who got in because of the Lions win um, they are the 7 seed um this is a division game so it might be like kind of interesting but the 49ers are they're great. Like they're an awesome team. Brock Purdy's playing really well. I know I shit on him a bunch of times. Um, I do. Greg still think is he's- so
0: validated right now. He's like, <laughs> I just, just listened think- to Tommy and Dare <laughs> bullshit this whole podcast. Like I always do, and finally I caught Darren saying something good about
1: Purdy. I do still think he's a high end backup quarterback, but he is playing his ass off. Like he, I saw that he has like thirteen passing touchdowns, and Kenny Pickett had seven in the games that he started. Um, I don't know if that says more about Brock Purdy or if it says more about Kenny Pickett, but um, I think it might say more about Kenny Pickett because I don't think he's, like, awesome. But, um, you know, I, I, Brock Purdy's playing really well. He does have the college hand-hand training wheels to help him along, but he is playing very well nonetheless. Um, I think that the 49ers win this game. Do, do you Do you agree?
0: Yeah, 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 I think
1: Seahawks uh, have too many holes.
0: Yeah, the Seahawks. The story of Geno, awesome. Maybe we could talk about that real quick. How funny is it that At this trade with Russell old. Wilson? This was supposed to be like a like. I'm shook right now. I thought Seattle yeah. was going to be one of the worst teams heading into this yeah, season. Me too. Like, absolutely, I'll be like, they'll be lucky to win three. Now they're literally in the playoffs. Gino broke the Seahawks franchise most passing yards record literally in his first year as a full-time starter, which is hilarious because obviously Russell Wilson was, you know, he's essentially a Hall of Fame tra- trajectory during his entire career in Seattle. So I was like, wow, how, how crazy is that? People are going to look back at this trade and it, it's just unbelievable because no one would have guessed that Outside, no injury involved, but Russell Wilson sitting on the couch while Geno goes to the playoffs? Like, who would have believed you in that situation?
1: So, I don't think I've ever seen anyone say this, but the parallels between Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, it's very similar. um, But it's very different outcomes. So, Tom Brady leaves, Bill Belichick, he goes to Tampa Bay, wins the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson leaves, he goes to Denver, we see what happens there, it's a disaster. Pete Carroll makes the playoffs in a year that they're supposed to be the worst team in the league. So it kind of proves, like, hey, man, that was me. It wasn't Russell Wilson. And then we have, like, the vice versa situation with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, where people are saying now, like, oh, yeah, Bill Belichick, he was never that great of a coach, which is fucking ridiculous, but still. Um, it still, like, leaves the door open for people to say that, which is absurd, but... Um, I think that proves like P. Carroll. Like for years, I was like Pete Carroll's a fucking donkey. Like this dude is such a moron. <laughs> he's like, archaic, dude. Oh he's God. so fucking old, chewing on this gum. Dude, seventy something years old. He keeps doing this nineteen ninety five offense. Like he doesn't. He doesn't want to play Russ, and it's like he knew he was doing it right. Like that's he used Russ how he should have been used, and I think that's how he's Russ is going to be used moving forward here. Like they're gonna. We're going to find out that was, that's like bit. the
0: only way to kind of mesh the styles because yeah. I don't think it's a coincidence that Gino comes in, he follows, like it looks like a normal offense. It doesn't look like Russell Wilson miracle ball in the fourth yeah. quarter because normally when the old Seattle offense is like usually dormant for like three quarters and then Russell yeah. Wilson just pulls shit out of the hat and then starts making things happen. Whereas with Gino, everything looks consistent. So I don't think it's – I just don't think it's a coincidence that Gino comes in and now is going to the playoffs and broke the most passing yards and quote unquote, they're letting Gino cook. Whereas when Russ was there, I don't know. He almost had like a Tomlin effect where like when Antonio Brown was on the Steelers and everything was kind of kept under wraps. Yeah, Obviously this is a hyperbole, but then like Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's kind of, kind of like Disney. He's kind of off, but like whatever, he's a really good quarterback and you know, Pete Carroll's the back. And then, fucking as soon as russell wilson leaves it's like a pr disaster for russell like everyone's bullying him all everybody of a sudden.
1: hates him yeah everyone fucking like, <laughs> hate,
0: like he's just a cornball like he's not a actually but like everyone fucking hates him and literally other players like in his face are mocking Like, oh bronco's country let's ride like in his yeah. face and i'm like dude why why are you guys so mean to this guy but it's it's funny because it's almost like p Carroll had that type of effect right
1: yeah it's I don't know, man. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know how you can, like... I, I I get it in a way um, how you don't like Russell Wilson because he is, like, a corny asshole. Um <laughs> But, like, he seems like he's a nice guy, you know? Like, I don't know. I think everyone just hates him because they're just like, well, he just tries
0: so hard. I'm like, yeah, well, like... Yeah, but that's like fine. Like he's like in a room with like other NFL yeah, players, he, and he's more of like introverted and he's kind of cheesy. But like he's maybe still he didn't trying have growing
1: up. I don't know. Like he, you know, he just wants to be loved.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like he does nothing wrong at all, literally. But like, there's literally people who like hate the guy. I'm like, why? Like
1: he's like he's just trying his best, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's just trying. Um, but I think yeah, the 49ers win this game. So the next Forty is going to win Saturday night. Saturday Night game is a lot better, I think. Uh, There's going to be the Chargers and the Jaguars. This is, like, two teams that are actually, like, close in skill level to each other. Um, I think that the Chargers are probably going to pull it out, but if Mike Williams doesn't play, it gets a little more interesting because the Jaguars could definitely win this game. Like, even with Mike Williams, they could win this game. Um, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think, I think the Jaguars are going to win. I, I think the Jaguars, they have a better coach. Like, I, I mean, I think that... Way the, better coach. The Chargers, um, the Chargers making the playoffs is kind of, like, to their detriment because they could have fired... I mean, they still can fire Staley, but they need to fire Staley because he was playing starters in a meaningless game this past week. Like, why? why? They were locked into the fifth seed. Mike Williams, you're arguably best receiver, gets hurt, might not be able to play now in the actual meaningful playoff game. Why Why are you doing that? Like, what are you doing? So, I, I don't know. Like, even if they... Like, if they get to this game, they lose this game, they lose to the Jaguars, you gotta fire Staley still. Um, if they win, it gets a little more like... I don't know. Can we do that? He won a playoff game. It's a stupid shit. Like, you'd still... Like, I would have fired fucking uh, Zach Taylor after the Super Bowl, because he sucks. Like, I don't think he's a good coach. I know they took took the Bengals in the Super Bowl, but I still think he's a shitty coach. They could be better with a better coach.
0: Bengals um, are, like, the fucking hottest team in the
1: what? NFL right now. Yeah, but Zach Taylor is an idiot. Like, if they had Sean McVay over there instead of... Like, if they have Mike McDaniel, they could have fired Zach Taylor and had Mike McDaniel. The Bengals would have been fucking awesome this year. Fucking awesome. Um, I know they were still good anyway, but they would have been fucking awesome on Mike McDaniel. um. Angles are just... Casual about the win the Super Bowl, you're gonna be like Zach Taylor fucking sucks. They, they could win the Super Bowl and I would still fire Zach Taylor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He'd be holding up the Lombardi Trophy and
1: you'll just be whispering in his
0: ear, "You're fucking fired, mate. You're out tomorrow. Pack your fucking bags. <laughs> Pack your fucking things. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> but anyway, yeah, okay. So this one, the this Jags game does have home. a little bit of interest though, because like yeah, I said, the Jags um, are
1: at home too. Like you know, they're gonna yeah. be popping bottles in the fucking pool that they got in the upper level. Like, who knows? It is it is Jacksonville, so maybe the home field advantage, the better coach, like the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence isn't as good as Justin Herbert, but he is very good still. Um, they're going to be pretty much at full strength. I don't know. The Jaguars could definitely pull this out, but I think this is going to be a tight game. Yeah, I
0: think it's going to be tight. I, I definitely think, I think on paper it makes sense with Chargers, but... I it's don't know my gu, my my I, I'm not I'm not picking against Dougie P, dude. Yeah. I'm just not. <laughs> I'm not. I made the fucking mistake starting Nick Foles. I had the Philly bias in me. <laughs> Dougie P, let's go Jags, and I know Welch is fired <laughs> up here in that because Trevor Lawrence is amazing. But anyway, what what's what's the next game on the docket?
1: Next game we got Dolphins and Bills. This is the one that I kind of touched on already. The Bills are going to absolutely destroy the Dolphins. Like just <laughs> we don't even have to spend any. Time wait, wait, on all this. right, next game. Let's, let's yeah. talk about another. One. But no, yeah, Bills are just going to absolutely yeah, smoke they're gonna kill. them. They're gonna kill him, and like Tyree kills like kind of banged up. They have like the Demar Hamlin thing on their side. Like, there's no way they're fucking losing this game. No. What, way.
0: what, what if Tua plays? Would that make a difference for you? No, no.
1: It, it would. It would help the Dolphins, but they. You want to apologize
0: busy. to Brian right now,
1: or <laughs> it, it made the playoffs. It's nice. Like, I don't, <laughs> you when guys when got is, here. Good job. When is the last time they made the playoffs? I don't remember. Because Actually, yeah, I'm not it's sure. It's probably been a while, so it's n- it's nice. Like, they get something to build off of, you know? But next year, they need to, uh, you know, put all the padding into his helmet that they possibly can. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting, right? Like, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how they proceed next year. Um, I thought that the rumors of, the, like, firing Mike McDaniel, that was so stupid. Like, why, why would you do that? Like, you saw, you have this code. Do you know how many like, people will be lining polishing. up after that? Yeah, like they would – he would have a job in 24 hours. Like why Why would you even – why would you even leak rumors of that? Like is that kind of like supposed to motivate Mike McDaniel? Like, I'm
0: not going to lie and I, I really hope Brian doesn't listen to this specific episode. But I, I'm i so torn because I hate the Dolphins franchise because I feel like the way they handle a lot of things is really shitty. Stupid,
1: yeah. Yeah, like, and
0: even like the weird Tom Brady thing. Like how do you let yeah. that happen?
1: Yeah, and how do you like, like that leak?
0: <laughs> yeah, like, how do you exactly? Like, <laughs> I'm not saying they're shitty because they, I'm sure
1: everyone does it. Oh, but, like, everyone, how do you, yeah.
0: how does it leak? How do you do the whole Brian Flores thing? How do you mismanage to a Tua situation? But I'm not even talking about concussion. I'm talking about, like, oh, sh- let's start Ryan Fitzpatrick now because, like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, everything the franchise does, I hate them, but I love Mike McDaniel. So yeah, I'm just like, too. well, fuck, like, like like I love Brian so I don't actually hate the Dolphins like Tyreek kills a lot of fun I love to attack of Iloa but I just don't like the franchise so mm. I'm just so torn I'm just like i want to I want to root for the Dolphins here but yeah. I'm not going to cuz yeah. all of my DNA says all right cheer for Mike McDaniel cheer for the fun young underdogs that's as like a Philly as like a Philly dudes we love underdogs. but even in this situation because of my hatred for Dolphins I'm like nah you know Josh if you want to hang like 60 points this game you can go for it <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next game should be a little better um we got the giants and the vikings yo uh, so very... you think so
0: you think it's gonna happen
1: think i the upset i i would like to actually pick the giants because i really like brian dable wow you um, don't have the balls huh I, I the vikings are total frauds like the absolute total <laughs> frauds like they are i know they're the three seed but they are not that good um, uh, They have had so many games, like eleven games. I think they're eleven and zero. Or I feel something like any that. real meaningful game, they just crumble. Oh, they're they're fucking in th- like. Aren't they I like undefeated games, in like one score games? Yeah, games that are decided by six points or less. I think they're they were eleven and zero this season. That basically just means that they're bad. Like if you have to get that, yeah, lucky, I think their points differentials, the like bounce of a ball, but like their point the differential league. was negative. The last time I saw, it was negative. <laughs> like they had. They had a worse point differential than losing teams. Like it was, they had a worse point differential than I think the Jets and the Saints and like they had worse point differentials than them. Like they're not good, but I still think they beat the Giants because the Giants are a pretty depleted roster. Like they have Daniel Jones and they Isaiah Hodgins. I think is his best receiver. He's throwing to. Um, they obviously they have Saquon Barkley, but I mean stack the box against Saquon and make Daniel Jones beat you with these practice squad guys he's throwing to like it's
0: I don't know I dude the dolphin, or not sorry not Dolphins the Vikings defense sometimes are historically oh the Vikings terrible. defense is,
1: is absolutely
0: terrible they can't I stop think, a nosebleed right now they're like they could stack the box and then somehow some way Daniel Jones will do like a read option, gain like a 75 yard touchdown. And we're going to be like, yeah. how the fuck do you let that happen? But that's like such a Minnesota thing to happen. So I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I'm not, I don't have so, the balls and I'm an
1: Eagles fan. So I, I'm going to pick
0: the Vikings. But like,
1: yeah, I think they eke it out though. Like, they eke out this win here. They barely get it. And then they get obliterated by the 49ers next week. <laughs> like,
0: are they, are you think another uh, video is going to come out with Kirk Cousins with uh, shirt off dancing? Um, they have to think because so. think, think of the locker room that they're in right now. Think of everyone saying they're like, "Oh my god!" Like we're we're coming together. We can get through any adversity. Look at all the one score games. The locker the the videos coming out. They're rallying around Kirk Cousins. Justin Jefferson is playing fantastic. And then the world is saying you suck, and like, but that's kind of the truth. And then you yeah. win a playoff game, even against the team that arguably shouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah, and. They're they're just, like, eating into the narrative. You know what I mean? Like, I could totally see them faking as if they're building momentum.
1: Yeah. I I can't – like, if you win by, like, a field goal, you can't be, like, dancing on their grave like that. Like, you can't (laughs) (laughs) – That's like two –
0: that's like a random referee call penalty from just completely changing
1: the outcome. (laughs) Yeah. So the Sunday night game uh, is the Ravens and the Bengals, the aforementioned Zach Taylor Bengals. Um I think that the Bengals win this pretty easily. Um, the Ravens yeah. have been on a pretty steady decline. Their defense is really good, but their their offense has nothing, basically. Um, it's, if they if they don't get Lamar back for this game, it's not even worth watching because the Bengals are going to absolutely destroy a Tyler Huntley-led Ravens team. Um, Lamar, the only chance that the Ravens really have in this game is if Lamar puts the team on his fucking back. Like, that's the only way that the Ravens... do uh, dude,
0: game. even if he does that, he can't do that. Are you kidding me? A, it's, it's like – so for like for, – when I look at the Ravens, I look at a really good defense and a really bad offense. When I look at the Bengals, I look at a really hot, good offense and a really solid defense. If so I'm get, just like,
1: um, I just don't get, see it. If you get MVP Lamar Jackson in this game, the Ravens win. That's fair. Okay. That's the only way that the Ravens win though. The only way.
0: <laughs> um, There's only been like – two games this entire season where he even like like 75 (laughs) percent of yeah exactly (laughs) like week two and three is when lamar jackson looked like an mvp and then i'm like wow he is great and then he did nothing and i don't know i i feel like the fact that he doesn't have an agent right now is really hurting him because there's a lot of bad pr surrounding lamar yeah and he doesn't have like a agent to leak other things to make him look.
1: Good. I've kind seen of a thing. lot of. I've seen a few rumors come out that Lamar has played his last game as a Baltimore Raven. And that's what I mean. Like all playing. these
0: things are leaking, and people are saying, "Well, no, he he's not even hurt. Um, yeah. He's just doing this because he wants a new contract." And to me, I look at it on paper I'm like, "Bro, he didn't. He literally hasn't even practiced yeah. since he got this injury." It's not like he's still practicing in full and then saying, no, nah, I'm not going to play the game, though. I don't want to get... Like, he hasn't even... So I don't know what to believe. It could be yeah. true that he's just holding out. Or he legitimately is still hurt, and he just hasn't been... Like, I, I don't know why. I want to see what. him get
1: traded. I want to see him get traded to the Falcons. That would be fucking awesome.
0: Dude, if he gets <laughs> traded that Would, would you agree? Because I'm biased, obviously. Would that be a blunder by Baltimore?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Who are they A gigantic one, him? right?
0: Like, that, they <laughs> fucked up.
1: Like, even, like, we talked about this before, but if even if you don't want to give him a long-term contract because you don't think his career is going to be, like, into his 30s, give him a four-year deal. Like, he's only 26, I think. Like, so like Lamar Jackson deal. is
0: literally looking at what, like, Kyler Murray's getting, what Deshaun Watson's yeah. getting, and he already won an MVP, and he's looking around and he's like, what the fuck? Give yeah. me just what they're getting, and they're probably like, nah, dude, your style. But like, I don't care about my style play. Just look at what these guys are getting, and I'm better than yep. them.
1: Yeah, so he's got to stand his ground, I think. And it and also sucks, me, too, so.
0: because Lamar Jackson, like, the Ravens just don't believe in drafting wide receivers. Like, they just well, don't. They drafted or, and not drafting, just having good wide receiver group. They have Bateman, <laughs> fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what, like, in recent memory, name some good players. What, like, uh, Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith when they're, like, 50 years old? Hollywood Is that the highlight? All right. And then they fucking traded him away. They
1: did, and they—they're they, like, all right, <laughs> fuck you. We yeah, got Bateman now. Him. Bateman's <laughs> like,
0: yeah, sweet. And he just doesn't play. And then they're like, all right, let, let me let us just get you nine tight ends. And like Lamar Jackson, everyone's like, oh, just Lamar just likes throwing to tight. I'm like, dude, I fucking guarantee you, if he could have Odell, he if he could have Justin, he won't be like, yeah, dude, nah, I just rather throw it to Zaya Likely right now.
1: If they did, um, when they traded away Hollywood Brown, if they replaced Hollywood Brown with like a. Like, Juju. Juju was a free agent. But they would never
0: do that. Because the Ravens just don't do that kind of stuff. Like, as a friend, I don't understand why.
1: Because they have Greg Roman.
0: The Pride is going to be like, oh, you know what? Let's just get Sammy Watkins again.
1: That's exactly what he would love to do. They do have Sammy Watkins on their roster.
0: I just don't understand what Baltimore is doing because... It's always been like a grit, hard, play, great defense. But like on offense, you're like, well, you legit have an MVP candidate. I understand he might not be able to pick apart a defense uh, surgically like a Joe Burrow can. But he won MVP with the offensive weapons you gave him then. Why not just be like, you know what? Maybe we could be a good offense. That's why like Tomlin's great. The Steelers were historically like a running team with a great defense. And then he got Roethlisberger. He's like, you know what? Let's get a lot of great receivers for this guy because now we can throw. Whereas the Ravens are like, wow, this guy led the league in passing touchdowns and he can run. Um, alright, cool. Let's just get a bunch of really old running backs and a bunch of tight ends.
1: Yeah. I think that Um
0: I think even if Lamar plays, dude, no way.
1: Well, I, I think that they have to Lamar has to play for them to even have a a shot in this game, like if Lamar doesn't play. Yeah, if Lamar doesn't. Play, I don't even know if I'm watching this game. I won't. I won't watch the game if Wait, what time play. is this one? Eight fifteen. No, you have there. to. It's prime time. I don't care. I, I know the outcome. Like if, they, if this they, was
0: like the evening, like the four o'clock game, or like a, after, I'd be like, nah, I could miss this one. That'd be fine. I'll just get the updates. But if it's prime, I, I, come on. You there's no.
1: There's no. If I I know so the outcome is of this on game, and you have no, no
0: plans, and you're texting me, and you're rather be like Tommy, let's just rather play what?
1: Xbox rather than watching hey, yeah. this game watch watch Netflix watch do like literally anything else I would rather do than watch <laughs> that game like anything that's true because
0: you hate Joe Burrow and you don't want to watch him cook
1: yeah exactly and I, I don't like Joe Burrow I don't like Zach Taylor I don't really like the Bengals I like Jamar Chase but that's you love Jamar nice but side. that's about it yeah that's it you I don't like, like Mixon
0: Chase. I don't think
1: I don't really like Mixon yeah that's Higgins, is, but all right. Higgins is all right but yeah Higgins uh, is awesome I love Higgins like I I am not I don't love him I like him he's cool he's, he's like a, well I love him because I
0: drafted him so that makes me feel like yeah. a little connected <laughs> traded yeah. him away like a fucking clown but yeah, I have I a think, championship I got two now so it worked
1: yeah I think the uh, the Ravens are pretty much screwed here um, but you know uh, the next game if you're the Ravens just trade literally everything for T Higgins right now.
0: Be like, you could have everything.
1: Well, just, they would never trade them in division. No,
0: no, that's what I know. I know that. But I mean, like, in theory, just imagine Be like, hey, now you have a true awesome
1: X. But they're like,
0: nah, we're good.
1: So the last game and the one that I am personally most excited for. This
0: one is going to be the big one. I'm glad Money you saved football,
1: Cowboys-Bucks. Um, I think that the Bucks are going to win, even though that the Bucks suck dick. Um, I still think that they're going to pull out the win uh, because the Cowboys suck on grass. They're going to be playing on grass. Um, is that
0: a real stat?
1: Oh, yeah. They're like one in five on uh, grass. Like not
0: turf in a yeah, dome like kind outdoor, of thing.
1: Outdoor grass, like outdoor stadiums, they are one in five. And, like, we just is that saw why them they just struggled so hard this against, past game? Against the, yeah, against Washington. They were terrible because it was outdoor on grass. Like, That's
0: true because Washington also is notoriously known to have like the worst field ever.
1: Yeah, and their defense for whatever reason, their defense is not as good on outdoor grass, and what that is what they're going to be playing. I just and... like
0: not as fast, right?
1: Yeah. So like they don't like they're they're awesome at home, but they're going to have to be on the road because the Eagles go Birds won the division. Um, I think that the Bucks are going to win this game, and then the Bucks are going to be the team that goes to play Philly next week.
0: I one hundred percent believe that the Cowboys are going to lose this game. I was going to pick against Dallas anyway because Dak is just not clutch. Yeah. And I was going to be like, well, the only way I wouldn't pick Dallas is if they played against like the Giants somehow. And I'd be like, all right, maybe I'll pick Dallas there, but they're going up against Tampa Tom. And yes, admittedly they have sucked. Brady has not looked that great, but there are random times where they just jump into a time machine. And it's 2020 all over again. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. I think they have enough to pull it out. And you're telling me right now that Tom Brady it, like this isn't like the most important game ever. Yeah. So, because obviously he's been in multiple Super Bowls, so that's obviously hyperbole. But like this stage in his career when he's finally actually the underdog. Like any other time where like the Patriots were quote unquote the underdog. We never believed that. We're like that Bill Check and Tom Brady. No fucking way. But now we're like yeah, the Bucks. I don't even want to watch the Bucks play because yep. they just look terrible. So, in my in truly, since like his college career, I feel like Tom Brady can finally. I know he tells himself this all the time, like I'm the underdog, I have a chip I'm on my like. But finally now, he's like back to like one ninety ninth pick, Tom Brady underdog from Michigan. Let me show the world what we can do. What better way on Monday Night Football against fucking America's team? Come on, it's like the NFL writer scripted this moment right here.
1: Yeah, I, I think that um the last time that Tom Brady was in the playoffs and was a real true underdog was that very first playoff run that he had where they beat the Rams. That was the last time that he was a real true underdog. I know that there's been like lines where he was like Vegas lines, he were he there the Patriots were underdogs and blah blah blah. But I think that they're they're going to win this game, and I, like you, you can think of like the narrative because last year the Eagles played the Bucks in the first round. The Eagles lost to the Bucks in the first round, um, so it's going to be like the reverse outcome this year. The Eagles are going to beat the Bucks. So, I don't know. I just think it's like it's going to happen. The Bucks are going to win this game.
0: I think that's best case scenario for the Eagles because what what's the best way to stop Tom Brady is with pressure. And Eagles, oh, they almost broke the sacks record, right mm-hmm. in a season. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like we we can rush the passer. That's that's just the thing. Philly is just always just can do. And if we can just get pressure, and the worst way to impact Brady is just pressure up the middle. And we got fucking Javon Hargraves. This probably has one of the most sacks as an interior lineman. But I know he's obviously been hurt. But I think overall, just the Eagles match really well with the Bucks. So. Obviously I would be rooting against Dallas regardless, right? But I think because we match up really well in my opinion to Tampa as well, that just gets me even more excited. Yeah. So do you so you will actually officially say you are picking the Bucks?
1: Yeah, I think the Bucks are going to win this game. I feel like everyone's doing that though, right? Yeah, I think so. But I think they're That's gonna crazy, win.
0: and I feel like almost everyone's picking, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people are picking against the Vikings, too, because that's, like, the hipster thing to do, because mm-hmm. they are frauds, but, um, so you are leaning in, um, it is gonna be, so you would be surprised, a little bit, if Dallas wins, um, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't say surprise isn't the right term, because it's a playoff game, any way can go, it would be good, and I guess it'd be a little bit of a surprise if the Dallas does give it up, ultimately, because on paper they should win, um, but I think we just need to see that. I, I, does it all come down to Dak?
1: Um, I think it comes down to the Cowboys' defense, uh, the front seven, actually. Nice. Um, the, the amount of pressure that they can get on Tom Brady, because we've seen Tom Brady all year long, doesn't want to get hit. So if that outside grass, that really slows them down, and they are having trouble getting to Brady, Brady's going to win the game. I'm just yeah. I think Dak this is going to be mistakes, the most mistake. interesting. Dak, Dak has been making mistakes consistently all year, wrong all year long. So I think that Dak is going to make at least one mistake um, that the Bucks defense is going to capitalize on. But I think that it'll come down to how the Cowboys defense plays. Yeah,
0: I'm really interested to kind of see how everything is going to shake up. Um, it, yeah, I agree with you. What you said at the top, usually wild card weekend isn't the most exciting thing. But I don't oh. know. We kind of have potential for some.
1: Yeah, a couple interesting of interesting matchups like
0: couple Yeah, like obviously the two that we mentioned the most right now was the Vikings and the Cowboys game, but also the Chargers game and with the Jaguars, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I think there is some interesting games, but there is going to be some stinkers like What is your Super Bowl prediction now that we know how everything is? Bills unfolded Eagles unfolded in front of us. Bills Eagles.
0: And then you said Bills win, right? Yeah. I guess the Eagles' biggest
1: obstacle is, what, the Niners? Yeah, we have 49ers. Yeah. If, if, if Brock Purdy takes the 49ers to the Super Bowl, and even if they lose, that makes the decision you so think much Lance harder. Is,
0: what do you think happens to Lance? Because that is a very real possibility. That it makes Purdy it so can
1: much harder of a decision for Kyle Shanahan because he is executing the offense the way that he wants him to, and he brought the team to the Super Bowl. I know that Jimmy Garoppolo literally did the same thing, and then they drafted Trey Lance anyway. So it could be the same situation where they're like, "All right, we got this guy. We Trey Lance could be better than him." Yeah, do you so think? Like,
0: he, do you think Shanahan's thinking like, "Oh, I can take any mid-pocket passer and go to the Super Bowl, <laughs> but I need that extra edge."
1: Kyle Shanahan thinks he's God. I know he does. <laughs> like he would never admit it. So I mean, like, in
0: an NFL football he, context and
1: coaching, he kind of is. He's like, I can take the shittiest fucking running backs, the shittiest quarterbacks, and I can make them good. I just do whatever the fuck I want. Like, he's like, he's taking guys like Raheem Mostert, who nobody fucking wanted, was on a practice squad for, like, five years. <laughs>
0: he sniffs his parts so... Like, he looks like, at Raheem Mostert too well in Miami. He's like, I made his career.
1: Yeah. I did it. Yeah, like, he, he knows. He knows he does this shit, and, like, he...
0: He's and very like, aware. Like Jordan Macy's like, kid, I'm going to make you Mason, a fucking Kieran star. Davis
1: Price. Like, he gets Christian McCaffrey, and obviously he's already good, but he kind of made him better. Like, Christian McCaffrey it was awesome with the 49ers. With the Christian McCaffrey
0: games. looks like Christian McCaffrey from like five
1: years ago right now. Yeah, and he's not five years ago. Like, exactly. It's 27 it's crazy. years old now. <laughs> like, you would think that he would tail off a little bit, but he looked like as good as he did when he was young in the league and he was killing it. Um, so I, I yeah with Cammy, was, dude. I don't know. Like Kyle Shanahan is definitely he definitely has a god complex. I would think. Like I, I don't I don't know him personally. He doesn't really give it off in interviews or anything like that. But he's I think he's very good at Kyle
0: Shanahan. It. Like I, I would take Kyle Shanahan over any coach. Uh,
1: I think I, I would too. Um, I, except for Andy Reid and Bill. Yeah, Belichick. Yeah, except for Andy. Except for Andy. Andy and Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. I think are the only two coaches. No, uh, after I
0: mean. what I saw. Bill's fucking hubris do, where he's like, I don't need a fucking offense coordinator. I'm like, I don't want that. I don't want that kind of energy. He's the best well, coach of all time, so I don't want that kind of energy. Well, yeah, Even, he, he might reads, be getting... like, All right, let me get all my disciples under me. Let me do that." But the Belichick straight up was like, fuck it.
1: Me and he my son is going to run this whole old. fucking team. <laughs> he's probably getting a little too old and cranky, yeah. Um, but, like, it's, it's there's really... I, my, my theory on the NFL coaches... There's like ten good ones and all the rest of them are fucking dopes. Like they're just like around just coaching a team hoping for the best, but depending yeah. on what the roster is. Like the majority of them have no fucking clue what the fuck. Yo, yo, doing. hold
0: on. Speaking of coaches, how fucking baller
1: was it that Lovey Smith was
0: like, Fuck you, yeah. Houston, you're gonna fire me? Alright, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll game. show you. I'm gonna <laughs> lose I'm gonna make sure we don't get the first round pick. But like at all the same right, time. he's our like first
1: overall. Not that Why? It- why are the owners so stupid that they let that stuff leak? Like, why would they not? Like, I know it's like kind of fucked up, like you're lying to the guy or whatever, but why would you not be like, leak the stuff? Like, Oh yeah, Lovey Smith. He's probably going to be back this week. And then literally fire him the next day. Like, what are you losing from that? So like Lovey could have been thinking, Oh yeah, I can lose this game. Like, it doesn't really matter. I'll be back anyway. He loses the game. You get the first pick, you fire him tomorrow. Who, Who the fuck cares? Like it's, you know, happens all the time, but like instead they're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna fire Lovey Smith." He's like, "Oh fuck you, I'm gonna win this game." He wins the game. And you have the second pick now, so now you have to trade more than you should have to get the same pick that you wanted. If you still want, isn't that it hit.
0: awesome that he That's is kind cool. of. His really thing of relevance was his dominant coaching reign over in Chicago. And because of and what he did Chicago, Chicago no, gets the first. Yeah, like yeah. everyone's obviously that has nothing to do with it. It's just the circumstances, but it's funny. You're like, yeah, the inside agent, he finally did it. His <laughs> final move for Chicago. What a G.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, you kind of feel bad for him in the sense because like that he, but he knew he, he was. Did well he did well for into. what the roster had, right? He knew what he was getting. He even in the anyway. weird
0: shit where he was starting, like Mills and like
1: the other I what, think. What, what? I think that the uh the front runner for the Houston Texans job is Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles D C. Would you be upset or would you be like, eh?
0: Uh I mean he really has done something special with our defense, but he I also better this year.
1: Like last year, if he left last year, like there was a lot of rumors when um, the Broncos I I, wanted yeah. to interview him and the I think the Texans um, Last year, and I was like, "Dude, get him the fuck out of here! Like he can go." Like, I think
0: for me, it's—I it, definitely think he's talented, but at the same time, I'm like, "Well, look what he built for the defense." Yeah, yeah like, that's my. You, you got to be problem. like, really. Like, remember when yeah. Andy Reid made our offensive line coach our defensive coordinator? Yes. That like, was... if he did some bullshit like that, even he would have, like, uh, an, a, like, an average defense with the squad that we have. So, I'm not trying to get anything away from Gannon. If he does leave, yeah, I'll be a little disappointed. But not as devastated as I once was when we lost, um... <laughs> Fuck. He just got fired from Indianapolis. Reich. Yes, right. Oh, when we lo- when Eagles lost Reich, I was devastated when that happened. Yeah. Um. But if we lose Gannon, I'll just be, like, a little bum but not to the point where when we lost reich because when we lost reich i knew
1: we were kind of fucked yeah if he if he leaves i'll be like yeah you know it sucks but i think we'll be fine yeah so
0: yeah i think um with uh, it is technique is today is black monday isn't it
1: yeah this is the day where normally a bunch of coaches get fired i know a bunch of them have already been fired um steve kime has been reassigned like he might stay within the organization but he's no longer the cardinals gm which is good for cardinals fans i know we have none in this league but is that pretty much a writing on the wall for cliff then right start like it it should be right so like i've i've seen that the cardinals probably if they do keep cliff it's kind of like a raider situation they don't want to eat the extension and then pay another coach so it'll just be because of like a money thing um but I, I think he, he should be fired, but I don't know if he is going Yo, to be. Cliff fired. hasn't made. He yeah. already
0: made it through like one tenure of a contract, and he got a random ass extension he
1: didn't deserve. And
0: regardless if he gets fired or not, he's gonna get paid. And the best part is if he does get fired, he still gets paid and then yeah, gets another because colleges will line up for him.
1: Yeah, I know. He could go he's to gonna get paid to, Oh my god,
0: dude, he has that. fuck and his house is already ridiculous. Anytime I watch Knox, I'm like, this is not a realistic way to live a life. This is too much i like to feel rich but even for me when i'm at a sandals he's, resort for too long i look around thinking this is not me this is too much like,
1: he has that house and he's talking about it on hard knocks and everything and <laughs> i just like, oh, like yeah. the natural light <laughs> he's like i don't really spend a whole lot of time in here and i'm like what the fuck do you have a house like this for then like, what he literally the- just lives
0: in like a fucking closet in the arizona <laughs> like like office he's like yeah, this is where
1: i spend most of my time like
0: and then he has, like, a picture of his mom. It's all nice, heartfelt, whatever. But I'm like, bro, your
1: house is like a museum. Like, go the fuck home. You am sure you have a nicer office there. He's like, a, you, what? Yeah, you
0: probably have a better monitor. You could just sit in there like your California <laughs> king and just have, like, do whatever the fuck you want, but he's like, no,
1: this is what I do, and I'm, I don't know why I'm talking like that. But, you that's know, actually man. a pretty good Cliff King impression. Uh, yeah, kind of I just really try sounds. to get
0: ludge, I just try to think, how would yeah. Brett
1: say this with his yeah.
0: incredibly low voice?
1: That actually is pretty close, I think. It's yeah, yeah really I, I try,
0: cool. man. I'm trying to get better. Just don't make me do real accents, like Irish, or Brit, any of that. Don't, yeah, don't make me do, to do that.
1: Specific person impersonations. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's where I fall apart. But, <laughs> Okay, so Cliff is already on the chopping block. Who else is on the radar? You think? Oh wait, um, how about? Are they going to keep Wilkes for the uh, uh, I Carolina saw no. job?
1: I saw no. I saw that he is most likely going to be fired. That um, sucks, right? Because he was already awesome. interviewing people. Like they already have Frank Reich lined up to be interviewed. Like they're they're can't they can't keep him. Sean McVay That's might true. leave. And what? Um, uh,
0: who's owner there? Tepper.
1: Tepper, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's fucking insane
1: like obviously Hackett was fired um Staley should be fired I don't know if he will be McDaniel should be fired he's probably not going to be Ron Rivera I think Ron Rivera should be fired he fucked up a lot of shit this year like he Dude, at the he end know. I think the biggest debacle
0: of course is kind of that PR disaster playoff
1: seating like
0: yeah that one oh he's like, oh wait, we could be
1: eliminated yeah like he I think he's you gotta let him go like he's he's gotta be out of there The rest of the NFC East, like Mike McCarthy, if if they lose to the Bucks, they should fire Mike McCarthy and try and bring in Sean Payton. Um, They should do that, but I don't know if they necessarily will. Because I think if McCarthy
0: gets if he if it's another first round, I think you can't bring him back,
1: right? Yeah, he should be fired. I don't know if he will because they kept their on Jason Garrett forever. So I don't know. Like he should be fired though. McCarthy
0: doesn't do anything
1: though. No, he he sucks. They should. He's fire just like him.
0: he's just like this scapegoat, and he just like show. That's kind of like what mm-hmm. Jason Garrett did, but just like a higher profile. Jason Garrett,
1: yeah. but Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles, they should both be fired. I don't know if either of them will be though. Um, Cliff Kingsbury should be fired. Sean McVay, I think Sean McVay is the most like. If he, you think McVay straight up just going to retire? I, I think he's going. I think to, he is think he's going to. Yeah, I think. Does he just go to, to, to Amazon? Retire he's so young he's like 35 he could literally leave for like i was five explaining years.
0: this to my wife because emily was like wait why is mcveigh and i was like emily think of this <laughs> imagine taking over a team and you could sell out everything and look super illustrious and then when the when it comes to time to pay the bill you could legit just nope out get another job get paid millions of dollars, and then after that contract's over, come back to the NFL and have teams ready to give you all the ammunition you need to do it all over again, to never pay the price.
1: Like, he, like when Bill... Sean McVay, in my opinion, is a better coach than Bill Cower, and they talked about Bill Cower coming back to the NFL for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want like the even mediocre answer Like, ass. if Blake Tomlin all of a sudden randomly retired,
0: they'll be like, huh. Maybe Bill Cower can come back.
1: Yeah, like you, you want you really want this mediocre ass coach who's in his sixties. That like, you really want this guy? Like he he didn't really do any. Like he, I know he won a Super Bowl, but like he was never like I, I never thought he was like an amazing head coach or anything like that. Like sure he he was kind of like Mike Tomlin. Like he got he got the players going. Like he was a good like motivator head coach kind of guy. Actually, Mike Tomlin ain't a good coach now, huh? I th- I think Mike Tomlin's like I actually think Mike Tomlin's a better coach than Bill Cowher. Um but he never is talked about like that. Um, but I think that, like, I don't know. They're both, like, above average, but, like, not, also not, like, the top five ish kind of guys. Like, I'm never, I never think of Mike Tomlin in the same sense of Andy Reid. Like, I never think of him like that. He's obviously better than a lot of coaches in the NFL. But, I mean, like, I feel like he should, but he doesn't. He should. He's never had a losing record in his entire career. He should probably be in there. Was he in coach for, like,
0: well, how many years?
1: A long time, like, since probably 2009 or eight or something like that. Jesus. So, I mean, he's been a coach, head coach for, like, over 10 years, and he's never had a losing record. Like, that's pretty damn good. Um, but it's just, like, I don't know. Like, some of these coaches should be on the way out, but I don't know if they necessarily will be. Um, but I think Sean McVay is like the most interesting one because he could literally leave, make $100 million standing in the broadcast booth for a couple of years and then come back and have his pick of the choice because the, the Rams contract will be up by the time he comes back. So he doesn't need – they don't need to trade draft picks for him. They don't need to do shit at that point. When he comes
0: so. back, he's still going to be like one of the younger coaches in the NFL.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, you're, we're talking like Bill Belichick is 71 years old. If Sean McVay leaves for five years, he will come back and he'll still be 41. He will be 30 years younger than Bill Belichick is right now. And he that, that's with him leaving for five years. Like, he, he could leave for fucking 10 years and come back and he's still he's still only 46. Like,
0: realistically, the Bill Cowher route, except for he could actually come back.
1: Yeah, like he could he could literally leave for 10 years, come back, and he's still younger than most of the coaches in the NFL. Like it makes no sense, but I don't think he's is back with the Rams. Why would you want to do that when you could make more money and work what seventeen times in a year? So
0: much less and do nothing.
1: You work once a week for seventeen weeks and you make twenty million dollars. Like who would say? Just hang out
0: with your supermodel wife with the billions of dollars you're all of a sudden making for such little effort comparatively to what you're doing now, and then just kind of. Refresh and be like, you know what? I'm tired of this cushy life. Let me go back to coaching, and then every team will line up.
1: Yeah, the only way he, um, the only way he would come back, I guess, is if he gets bored of it. But like at the same time, when you get so used to it, maybe he never comes back. Like that could this could be it for Sean McVay. But I think he probably does come back in like five years. I think it's just going to be the
0: thing, like what we said, like every single year, anytime there's an opening for any higher profile
1: team, everyone's going to be like fucking machine. Like when you, you can ask them to play from like 2017, like what happened on this third and 10 drive. From the Washington Commanders on this this actual play, and he's like, oh, yeah, that was a jet sweep to the right side and it's like, How the fuck do you remember this shit? Oh,
0: but I remember the guard, his split was actually a little bit off this way, so when we pulled there's a little interference, but uh the running back made the right reading, come back into the A gap here, and we're like, What? What what are like, you saying right now? What you saying could be a lie, but it's not.
1: Somebody like that was born to be a head coach. Like he he's going I think he's going to leave, but I think he's going to be back.
0: Yeah, I think for me. He's just going to be a guy like literally any time there's an opening, they're just going to be like, oh, yeah, but maybe him, maybe him. Um, they're doing this with McCarthy all the time. They're doing this. I mean, they've been doing this with Sean Payton. Literally, we're yeah. experiencing this it's right now, except days, for Sean like. McVay is so much younger. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's going to be one of the things where for the next handful of years, if he does decide to quote-unquote retire, it's going to end up being one of those. And I don't know if he's going to honor the full contract of whatever Amazon is going to throw over to him. Um, I think it's literally, it's not going to be like in his head, all right, I'm only going to do this for X amount of years. I think he's just going to sit there and be like, all right, if the perfect opportunity comes, I'll do it. But if that doesn't come, that's fine, because I'm also okay just making millions of dollars talking.
1: Like, he could literally leave for five years, and then when... Andy Reid, like Andy Reid's also old. He's in his late sixties, so he he's like, yeah, I really want to years. coach Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he could come back, and they, the Chiefs could be like, Hey, hey, Sean McVay, are you done coaching? You want to coach Patrick Mahomes? And he could be like, Oh yeah, I'll do that.
0: <laughs> could you imagine Patrick Mahomes literally being like groomed by Andy Reid, and then after they becoming the, essentially already the goat, then be like, You know what? To end my career, let me get McVay.
1: So like Pat, Pat Mahomes by that point, I think would be like. 30-ish, 30, 30, 31, something like that. So you still got at least 10 years of Pat Mahomes unless something wild happens and he retires earlier. Um, but I think, like, that's that's what he's going to wait for. Like, he doesn't want broken-ass Matt Stafford anymore. He doesn't want to deal with that shit. Like, Cooper Cup's getting older. Aaron Donald talks about retiring all the time now. Like he's got this old. I mean, Aaron Donald pretty much team. retired this season. Like he just
0: stopped playing.
1: Yeah, so you got this old busted team. You got no draft picks, no future. And so he's like, you know, I'm I'm done with this. I I know he's going to get a lot of shit for it, like because people are going to be like, oh, he quit, he quit on the team, and blah blah blah. But like I would do the same. I would do the same thing. Like I'm I'm not dealing with that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm freaking out, dude. Like fuck fuck that shit. Like I, if you're gonna give me twenty million dollars. And you're going to be like, hey, man, you just have to talk about football for a couple hours each week for 17 weeks. Or you can deal with all the headaches that come with the fucking Los Angeles Rams for the next three years. Like, which would you rather do? And i will be like, yeah, I'm probably going to work for Amazon.
0: It's just going to be really interesting because I feel like... A lot of like casual fans don't really put into stock how big of a coaching change can revolutionize and transform. I mean, just look at Josh McDaniel, right? Mm-hmm. Over with Dolphins. Uh, like a completely different operation. And even to an extent, um, like an Urban Meyer to a Doug Peterson. It's just night and day. Obviously, it's not always this drastic. But I mean, even look at Nathaniel Hackett. A- everyone thought that the Denver scenario was can't miss. Maybe it was a mix of also Russell Wilson being... Russell Wilson now but I think a coach change does have a lot of implications so I'm really interested to see especially what Houston does right because they're kind of a team with literally no identity so whatever coach comes in there I would imagine they would have a lot of
1: power oh breaking news the Arizona Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow! Right on cue. All right, I guess to wrap up this episode, Dare. Wait, 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 not-
1: wait! I, I also just remembered we didn't talk about the college football championship like at all, like not even a second. Uh, <laughs> so, oh we just, shit, we might want to touch on that because it's tonight. <laughs> so, um, all right, players uh, to watch,
0: dude. Let's talk Georgia about that, and, and then we'll TCU. talk about Cliff.
1: Georgia has a shit ton of good NFL players, but most of them are on defense. Yeah, um, I was gonna say. So- how about the,
0: though? Doesn't Georgia normally throw out some pretty good running backs for the most part?
1: Yeah, they do, but they're, none of them are going to be able to like, draft eligible this year. Um, Stetson Bennett is like 27 years old or something like that. Like He's not something that anyone needs. Like Basically, you don't need to pay attention to Georgia, but Georgia's going to kick TCU's ass most likely. Um, TCU has the other uh, players. like They have uh, Kendra Miller, the running back, and they have uh, Quentin Johnston, their wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I feel like goes, he's going to be the maybe. crown
0: jewel that everyone's going to be watching.
1: Yeah, he's Quentin Johnston's awesome like he's He's, probably gonna be um
0: can you profile him for those who might not follow college football the profile on some of the big prospects that might actually be big players in the pdl draft Uh, i think i know quinn johnston from my limited knowledge of him he is the physical specimen of this draft right
1: yeah like i would say um you remember like kevin white back in the day like, oh,
0: oh, you're just bringing this up to troll me. But I'm here for No, this. I like Kevin
1: I like Kevin White too. Um, he's like an athletic freak. He's big, Yeah, he was strong, like 6'2",
0: 6'3", ran fast as hell, strong, jump he, out of the freaking field.
1: Like imagine Kevin White, but like if he actually could put it together. That's what Quentin Johnson could be. Like he could be a fucking animal. Like he could be really really good.
0: Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me.
1: He could be. He really could be. Um, uh, but yeah, other other players on the uh radar um, Max Duggan, their quarterback, he was pretty good this year. I don't know if he's ever going to be like NFL Caliber kind of guy. Maybe he's the next Brock Purdy. Who knows? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's basically like a lot of the good players are like on defense in this game. But I think it's it should be a good game. But Is
0: TCU the underdog. I'm assuming they are. Yes,
1: yes they have to are. be. Yes. Um, Is
0: it? Well, what's the line?
1: I don't know. Let's see. I- I didn't know. I didn't
0: know if you had that on hand. I just know that they have to be the underdog because I'm just assuming that Georgia is going to come out with the victory. But I know that the way that they beat, uh, what they played, Ohio State.
1: Um. Georgia played Ohio State, yeah. TCU. Yeah, played and I
0: remember that the defense was getting absolutely picked about apart by Stroud, which is really yeah. surprising. So, um, I don't think TCU has that capability as well. Yeah. Maybe. A couple Georgia of big Bulldogs. plays here and there.
1: The Georgia Bulldogs are a thirteen-point favorite.
0: Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be blowouts. <laughs> what they're saying. Yep. Yeah, okay.
1: So uh, I'm that's maybe sure why we didn't bring it up. Yeah, Georgia's gonna win this game, but um, it just should. Well, what are still your thoughts be, on
0: the Stetson Benson or
1: whatever that guy's name
0: is? Bennett. 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 He's, yeah,
1: he's old and not good. So, <laughs> <laughs> he's. I, I'm not even trying. No to future in the NFL. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's older than Lamar Jackson. He's been in college college football. He's been in Georgia forever. Yeah, he is twenty five, and he turns. He's born in nineteen ninety seven. He is twenty five years
0: years old, and he's playing against other college kids that are like nineteen.
1: Yes. What?
0: He's a grown man.
1: Yes. (laughs) He is. He is months away from being kicked off of his parents' insurance.
0: His favorite (laughs) player growing up
1: was Brandon Whedon. He looked at his career
0: arc and he was like, "Holy shit, I can do that!"
1: Yeah, he is. Uh, he is not going to have an NFL career, I would say, unless it's like a short-term backup kind of guy. Um, if he is a starting quarterback, I will be more surprised than anything. You don't think the ever Atlanta ever Falcons happened.
0: are looking at that and they're like, "You know what? Maybe <laughs>
1: Stetson Bennett. That's what. Let's we need. do this." <laughs> We really need Stetson Bennett We saw here.
0: we saw what the Bengals did drafting an Ohio kid like uh Joe Burrow. This could be our thing. Atlanta yeah. drafting their Georgia
1: boy now. Yeah. I, I don't know, like I, I think I think Georgia's gonna win pretty easily, but we saw our first coach fired. On Black Monday. I guess Lovey was technically fired last night. Yeah,
0: I was actually surprised that they didn't even wait until Black uh Monday, which was hilarious. But yeah, just oh. to wrap things up. Cliff officially out. So this has some implications. I think the elephant in the room has to be Kyler Murray, because whatever new GM slash quarterback that comes or not quarterback, sorry, head coach that comes in is kind of looking uh, essentially an orphan team, right? Yeah, and are looking. All right, what well, what well, what are the playmakers? All right, JJ Watt just retired. What well, what can I do here? All right, first eyes always has to go with who is the quarterback, uh-huh. and I guess depending on which eyes you look through, as uh, what coach you are, I think what you see in Kyler Murray are going to be very different. So I'm sure that Arizona is going to put a lot of thought into who they bring in because whoever they get is stuck with Tyler or not Tyler, sorry, Kyler Murray because they just gave him an extension as well, right? Yeah, and they love I, I just giving out extensions and just be like, "All right, let's just hope for the best."
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think that he's going to be going anywhere, you know, like he'll he'll be around. Um But I think like who Kyler they bring Murray. in
0: that uh, coach, do you think would be influenced
1: because of Kyler Murray is behind center? Um Yeah, probably. You know, it's going to be probably an offensive coach that they bring in. I don't know who it will be
0: gotta be well, someone that is really okay with like spread and gun because i can't really mm-hmm. see kyler murray literally lighting up under center like 20
1: times a game i, I think he's too small to do that that's thing.
0: what i mean so like it has to be a specific like do you think like a, a defense like Gannon is going to be hired
1: no no Like you
0: said, it has to be offensive and someone that's very accustomed to a different type of offense and even a different type of running scheme. Because running from a shotgun is very different from a pistol or an eye or having a a nice fullback in front of you to be able to, uh, you know, get a nice head of steam. So I feel like it really does limit who they can get. And also what they also have to remember is the market that they bring, because I'm sure coaches are also thinking, all right, if I take over. Arizona, I have to deal with the whole Kyler thing, but who can we bring in through free agency? Well, Arizona, what, what's the pull here? There really isn't any. So I feel like it, it, it might, obviously, it's not going to be a struggle because everyone's clamoring to be an NFL head coach, but there are some other coaching prospects that are very touted. So they kind of have their pick of the litter, and I can't imagine Arizona being very high on many of like, the really sought-after coaches, which I guess really doesn't have an inclination because we never know how coaches really pan out.
1: Yeah, personally, if I was taking over as, like, the GM, head coach, whatever position, I would vouch for trading away Kyler Murray. Like, I would want... You'd be, like,
0: banging the table, be like, yeah, we gotta make this happen.
1: Yeah, because, like, obviously he's very good, but I don't think he's good enough to be, like, what the attitude he portrays, and I think that as a quarterback... Um, position that kind of, like, leaks throughout the whole rest of the organization because you're, like, the face of the franchise, you talk about it the most. Like, I, I think that um, you want someone that's more of, a, a, you know, Tom Brady, something like that. Is like that the, how we the, should the always have shit. known that Johnny Manziel was just never going to be it? I think people like Johnny Manziel more than, like, Kyler Murray, though. Like, I don't think anyone liked Kyler Murray. Like, I know that Hollywood Brown and Hard Knocks, like, he... He vouched for him, he said he liked him. But then you go to DeAndre Hopkins, who is the actual best receiver on the team, and he didn't like stand up for him at all. He was like, oh yeah, like you know, like I'm gonna be honest. And I'm gonna be racist.
0: If he was not Korean, I don't think I would like him. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that's kind of racist because it has to do with his race.
1: Yeah, it does. But I'm dead you, serious. Like, like every time he says, that, I'm like, ah there.
0: no, but that's fine, dude. Yeah. It's fine. He's but I'm asshole. thinking, like, if he's just like any other quarterback that I don't feel like I have a special connection to, if yeah. he's just like any other quarterback, I'd be like, man, dude, this guy's pretty, pretty annoying, like kind of arrogant. Him,
1: if you get to trade him to Carolina and they give you a Deshaun Watson like Hall, because I know that Carolina's been looking for a quarterback forever, send him to Carolina, get him, get him out, like get start over. I know that he's like, but he's kind of of what Arizona kind of has to do right now, right? Yeah, like their team is terrible. As They got to get
0: rid of Buda Baker. He's too talented to be wasted on that team. Yeah, they got to get with all these top guys like JJ Watt is retiring. So this is kind of kind of symbolic being like, all right,
1: let's just nuke it. We have
0: tried. This division is too difficult. I mean, they're literally looking at what the 49ers doing. They're like, are we even playing the same sport?
1: Yeah, like, they're, they're so much worse than the 49ers, even the Seahawks, honestly. Like, they should be looking at the Rams and being like, we don't want to be this. Like, we don't want to be a team that's thin and has no draft picks. And That's a good point that
0: play. you brought up with the Seahawks, because after they traded Russell Wilson, they're like, this is our opportunity. We could be top two in this division for sure yeah. now. We have Tyler. So we do the same then, thing
1: as the Seahawks, trade exactly. away a quarterback nobody likes. and get But to them at the picks. point,
0: it must have been sobering to be like, wow. Yeah. We thought we were so much better than Seattle and now they're going to the playoffs and we thought we were better off. we had the yeah. coach we extended everyone we had the franchise everything and uh we we can't do anything at all
1: yeah so that had hit to be like a button. huge stinger for them hit the reset button that's what you that's what you gotta do I really do I really do think that they gotta just start over start But we never run. liked Cliff Kingsbury coming out either i I actually liked Cliff Kingsbury I thought he was like. I I know he wasn't like a good college coach, but I thought that maybe because I always like try and you know what what could best possibly happen in this situation. And I True. Always, you know, maybe Cliff learns from his mistakes. He is like he has shown like he can be a decent offensive coach, um, but he didn't. He was so stubborn. He did like the dumbest shit over and over again. He he never moved around his players. They just played on the same side of the field. Um, limited
0: route tree. They just did a bunch that, of outs. Yeah.
1: It was just he just kept doing the same things over and over again, the same mistakes. And like, if you're going to keep doing that, like you're not like he I I knew after the first probably year that I was like, all right, he's probably not going to be good. Um And it obviously nothing progressed and nothing got better. So he was there longer than he should have been. He should have never got the extension that he got. But, you know, that's
0: that's more of like an Arizona franchise him. problem. <laughs> that's not a him problem.
1: Yeah, That's good for him. That's I'm, you know, good. Good for him. He got like we got to root for that. that. Yeah. yeah. Stick it to the guy. He got paid till 2027 20, for doing nothing. That's awesome. I would love to do that.
0: <laughs> God, literally for like the next handful of years, he could just like travel, just do whatever he wants. Yeah. He's just getting a salary anyway. Shit.
1: Yeah. And then he could go back and coach some college team somewhere. And it's like he can, he can pretty much, like aside from like the real, real big schools, probably every single college would love to have him. Every single
0: one. Oh, 100%. Like they're 100%. even looking at their head coach right now and be like, should we just fire him for Cliff right now? He just became available and we can get him.
1: <laughs> like he's telling me that, uh, you're telling me that the University of Maryland that we talked about earlier. They would fucking love to have Cliff Kingsbury. Are you love. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. They would
0: have Cliff Kingsbury would be sitting in the office by the they're like, Oh wait, didn't you get the memo? You are like way gone, bud. And they're like, Wait, what the fuck is happening? <laughs>
1: like it would be they would have a parade for him if he fucking came. <laughs> if
0: he become Kingsbury Day. They would just rename the whole university for him.
1: Shut down the whole Inner Harbor and be like, "All right, this is now Cliff Kingsbury day." Like we need to. <laughs> like, there's no way that like there's so many. Like he he was offered the fucking USC job before he took the Arizona, and that's a big job. Tell so. me,
0: fucking rockers, right now is looking there and be like, "Holy yeah.
1: shit!" Did that's he just so mention our name under his breath? Give him the school. I think, I think he'll be back in college, and like that's probably where he should be. But um, honestly. Maybe the Patriots hire him as the offensive coordinator. Bill Belichick drafted him twenty years ago, so maybe they uh they plug him in as the offensive coordinator like maybe he doesn't have to go back to college just yet, but he probably i think he probably will be a head coach in college, but who knows?
0: I think overall there are of course fantasy implication that rolls into it. But of course this has always been a long episode. We've been trending that way. But hey, the off season's long too, so maybe that's kind of where we're going. But overall, Darren, it's really exciting to see all the trades. I'm actually shocked that you haven't made a single move at all, Darren. Are you feeling okay? Like or yeah. do you have any FOMO at all? Or are you just like eh? Like I'm I'm okay.
1: No, nothing that happened so far. I was like, oh, man, I wish I was involved in that. Don't lie.
0: When I got a Konkwo, you were so mad. You're like, oh, my God, he did it again. (laughs) Yeah,
1: you're right. I was. I was like, oh, man. No, but, not at all. But so yeah. so you
0: don't have the trade bug right now cuz no, usually cuz you were thing? the one who was like Tommy for the league, I need to make trade requests. So I just thought that I don't know, maybe I you, maybe you would have been involved in one of these like smaller trades that Michael have done where he's like consolidating draft picks or like I thought you would have done something at least. I, I was, yeah, I'm 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 impressed actually that you haven't.
1: I was thinking about it. And I probably would have if Michael had like, you know, higher draft picks, but Josh didn't leave him much there. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you, so you're telling your
0: fans things. right now, all the Carolina listeners that are listening to this pod uh, from the owner themselves, it's a, it's going to be a quiet off season then.
1: Uh, I guess we'll see. I don't, I don't know. We'll let things develop and see how they play out. All right. All right. So just
0: throwing more smoke screens. I'll hold, you're, you've mastered the art of saying nothing.
1: Yeah. That's what I have to do at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But all right, guys. Thanks for joining in. Thanks for all the trades. And definitely, Tanny, Michael, welcome to the PDL. Hopefully it's leaving. Or not leaving. Hopefully it is um, up to your expectations. I've just had brain farts. But uh, until next time, guys, take care. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.